Thanks for listening to the Cascade Vineyard Church Podcast. To learn more about our community or the vineyard movement as a whole, feel free to visit our website, cascadevineyard.org. There you'll also find additional teachings, information on our various ministries, and other resources for further developing your faith. We'd love to have you join us for worship. Enjoy this message. see a couple other things oh yeah. okay so uh, I shaved the mustache just wasn't working I'm sorry I, I Movember teammates I failed I'm out I couldn't do it I tried that's it that's it as Doug mentioned today's outreach um, I think we have everything covered probably need a few people to stick around if it will start around noon but if, if you want to go up right after service and help out Emma and kind of direct you we need to put boxes together and then we'll pass those out uh, we'll be here for a couple hours so if you can help with that do that and then last thing before we get into it I wanted to say this uh, last Sunday uh, I want to back up a little bit I, I expressed some frustration with some of the uh, um, activities happening nationally uh, and I realized I was kind of venting and that I, I really shouldn't be in the place of, of casting judgment on people's motivation. If people are out worshiping God, they're living their convictions, and it's not my place to critique their convictions. So uh, just I apologize for that. Uh, you know, I didn't mean to vent on you guys, and I really want to bless those that seek God and worship God regardless of whether I like how they do it or not. So there you go. That's that. Um, this week... Uh, you know, our outreach is today, and we, uh, we celebrate Thanksgiving, which is kind of one, one of the, uh, you know, big holidays of the year, right? It's sort of, a, you know, something that uh, is, we, we all look forward to, it's family gatherings, whatever. This year, I guess it's going to be uh, different than, than most years, but it's one of the, the sort of the, the bigger holidays. It's different, though, than some of the others, so, so both... Easter and Christmas, of course, are directly connected to the life of Jesus, his birth and his resurrection. And um, so, so Thanksgiving is not directly connected. It doesn't commemorate any specific thing. Okay, so there's that difference. The other really big difference is that Christmas and Easter, of course, are are universal. They're global holidays that are celebrated by, by believers, followers of Jesus worldwide, whereas Thanksgiving is, is a uniquely American holiday. So it's very different uh, in, in that regard. You know, but I was thinking that any holiday that exists for the sole purpose of reminding us to give thanks can't be a bad thing, right? That's got to be a good thing. And again, I think uh, some of what Mercy shared this morning about uh, not only giving thanks, being grateful, being worshipful, uh, regardless. Yeah, it's been a hard year, but you know what? We do it. We we do what we do anyway. Um, so I think it's good for us to be reminded to give thanks and be reminded also. If you would go to the next slide, is somebody doing slides for me? No. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you, sir. Just pop the next one on there. Um, every good and perfect gift. Is from is coming down from the he- Father of the heavenly lights. Uh, it's all from God. It's all from Him. 
Everything is from him. And so with that in mind, I, I think it really is uh, beneficial for us to have a day of the year set aside where we're, we're mindful of just giving thanks. Um, our text this morning is in uh, Luke, and we're going to look at the story of Jesus healing 10 men with leprosy, and then the ensuing gratitude of one of those 10 men. Let's pray, uh, and then we'll, we'll dive into that. Father, thanks so much for this opportunity to give thanks, and I just really want to uh, focus our hearts and our attention on uh, you and gratitude and, and really being thankful for all that you are and all that you mean to us uh, today and this coming week. Uh, would you uh, enlighten the eyes of our hearts that we might really learn and grow uh, from your word today? In your name we pray, amen. Okay, if you'd go ahead and go to the next uh, frame. Oh, that's the title, Giving the Gift of Gratitude. Okay, go one more. There we go. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Go one more. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. Um, so at the point that this story takes place, Jesus is well into his ministry. Uh, you know, it's, it's uh, later in, in the uh, book of Luke, later into, I, don't, I didn't take the time to figure out if it was two years or however long, but it's a while into Jesus' ministry. Um, he has been uh, traveling, both proclaiming and demonstrating the kingdom of God now for, for a while. And so these guys have heard about him. You know, hey, there's this Jesus dude, and, and you guys should go see him because he heals leprosy. He, we've, we've seen it. We've heard. He can do it. Um, so they're, they're actually seeking him out. They're looking for Jesus. They are all infected. That's why they're together. Um, leprosy was, of course, highly contagious. Uh, you know, you, you could... So <laughs> we'll make some parallels here in a minute. But um, it, was, it was both highly contagious and disfiguring. So you could see if someone had leprosy. It, it's, it's not like... Uh, COVID where you don't know. We have to wear these masks because you can't be sure. But with leprosy, it was clear and obvious that a person had it. Um, so the people who were infected were required still, even though you could tell, to let other people know. So they would have to shout out at a distance, unclean, unclean, and so that people would stay away from them as, as they're approaching, which really further adds to their ostracization. Uh, you know, they're not only physically ill, but they're isolated from everybody else. So again, these 10 guys are together because they all have the disease, but that's it. They're separate from everybody else. Um, on top of that, there was some stigma attached in that uh, many people believed that leprosy was a curse from God. So if you, if you contracted this disease, you probably did something uh, in your life that caused it to come to you. And I remember 
in the 80s when HIV AIDS kind of was first growing and be, being understood and happening and there were any number of voices saying, hey, you know, this could be judgment from God. Um, so I kind of understand that that dynamic as well. All that simply to say that those that had leprosy were were sick, they were isolated, they were stigmatized. Um, first century Judaism was very community-oriented. They they were a communal people, and community was important. And so uh, these guys were not only all of the things we mentioned before, but they really were separate from the opportunity to be able to to really worship and participate uh, in serving and loving God in any kind of real and and meaningful way. Um, We understand today, of course, you know, leprosy existed up until the last century and has since, by and large, been eradicated. But we understand it's not the fault of the person at all, um, that it's just a highly contagious disease. But look at the next slide, and you'll see what was a- appropriated for the folks that had it. Anyone with such a defining disease must <laughs> this, I, this, wear torn clothes, let their hair be unkempt, cover the lower part of their face, and cry out, unclean, unclean. As long as they have the disease, they, may, they remain unclean, they must live alone, they must live outside the camp. So you have to socially distance, wear a mask, and not get a haircut. So that's how leprosy works. Um, that's one of the things about this. It's just, I, I, I need a haircut. Um, bad. <laughs> um, Jesus is, Jesus is uh, he's walking. He's passing by. And they, they, they understand the nature of the beast, and they don't approach Jesus. They yell at him from some distance away. Hey, Jesus! Um, Jesus healed people. It's, it's interesting. I think in Power Healing, John's book, Power Healing, he, he has a, 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 a kind of a, a chart in the graph or whatever in the back of the book, the different ways that Jesus healed people. And he healed people through all different kinds of methods. It wasn't always the same. Um, these guys are desperate. They need help. But they also really believe that Jesus can heal them. And so, they, you know, they, they want to maintain proper the, the law. They're doing what they're required to do uh, by, you know, as, as we looked at in Leviticus. They're staying back away. But they're really looking to Jesus for help. Um, and it's an interesting exchange in that he doesn't approach them at all. He doesn't lay hands on them, which there are other places in Scripture, in the Gospels, where Jesus does actually lay hands on people with leprosy and pray for them. Um, But here he doesn't. And not only does he not lay hands on them, he doesn't actually pray for them. He, He doesn't speak healing over them. All he does is say, go show yourself to the priests. Now, just... Put yourself in the shoes of the guys for a minute. Okay. Uh, oh. I, okay. Um, Luke 5, uh, Jesus healed a man with leprosy who he did pray for, and then sent him to go to see the priest. Uh, and it'll go to the next slide. That, that, there's a reason. The Lord said to Moses, these are the regulations for any diseased person at the time of their ceremonial cleansing. 
when they are brought to the priest. And this is what happens. <laughs> this is crazy. The priest is to go outside the camp. So they don't come in. The priest goes out to them. He examines them. If they've been healed of their defiling skin disease, the priest shall order the two, that two live, clean birds and some cedar wood, scarlet yarn and hyssop be brought for the person to be cleansed. And then the priest shall order that one of the birds be killed over fresh water, not stale water, in a clay pot. He is then to take the bird, dip it, together with the cedar wood, the scarlet yarn, and the hyssop, into the blood of the bird that was killed over the fresh water. Seven times he shall sprinkle the one to be cleansed of the defiling disease, and then pronounce them clean. After that, he is to release the live bird into the open fields. One more, the person to be cleansed must wash their clothes, shave off all their hair, bathe with water, and when they will be ceremonial clean, after this, they may come into the camp, but they have to stay outside their tent for seven days. Uh, it's a very elaborate process. I'm, I'm sure these guys are going like, didn't you just have an ointment or something? I mean... Uh, you know, it's, it's so, so elaborate. But here's the thing about the process. Not only did it, did it complete their physical healing, but what it did was reinstate them into the community. And I think th- that's the essence of what's happening here, is that those people that were isolated and set outside the camp were now welcome to come back in. Um, and that's why uh, it, this is, I believe Jesus sent them to the priest that they would know that they're not only physically healed, but they're welcomed back into the community. Um, J- Jesus had healed other people uh, on the spot, even of leprosy. Um, but here he just says, you know, go, go show yourself to the priest. Well, here, here's, the, here's the kicker. The catch is he tells them that there's no evidence at that moment of, of their healing. Um, you know, and again, I think, they would have been happy, you know, if he would have like hawked a loogie and rolled it in the mud and thrown it at him or something, just anything, some, some sort of sense of the completion of the healing. Because in my estimation, he says, go to the priest. So they now have to leave where they are with Jesus, begin walking toward the priest, and they still have leprosy. They had to turn around and just begin walking without any evidence of being cleansed. Go to the next slide. As they went, they were cleansed. This is one of those things, I try to picture this in my mind, and I'm going, okay, how did this work? Was it all at once? Was it gradual? Every step, they went closer and closer. They got a little bit better. How how did this work? Clearly, though, there was a huge step of faith on behalf of these men. They literally had leprosy. Jesus tells them to go to the priest, which they understand the protocol. They're going to the priest to to receive blessing for a cleansing that they don't yet have. And so they're walking towards the priest in faith, and on the way, they get healed. Um, So that, to me, is just a phenomenal sort of dynamic in and of itself. But the the real focus and the point of the story is the one guy out of ten who comes back to thank Jesus. And he praises God, falls at Jesus' feet, um, and, you know, plot twist, spoiler alert, whatever. He, he was a Samaritan, which just makes sense, really, when you, you know, if you, if you look at, especially Luke, but the gospel accounts, uh, of, of course, of course, the one who came back was a Samaritan. I was thinking, what if, you know, so Jesus is a Jew, the priest is Jewish, uh, so what if the ten guys show up? And the priest says, okay, you nine, you're good to go. You, bye-bye. 
I can't help you. The cynical side of me, so, you know, I think, I look at the story, wow, ingrates. How dare they not thank Jesus? Anybody ever forget to thank Jesus? Yeah. I mean, think, so, so that's my cynical nature. But you realize, okay, so first of all, they have been separated from their families and their friends. They, they've been isolated. They, they, they're sick, frankly dying. Uh, and now all of a sudden they're well. And, and I think at that moment, maybe they were a little bit excited. You know, maybe the, the first thought in their mind was, I got to go home and tell my family, look, I'm better, whatever. You know, they, they probably wanted to just hug everybody in sight. I mean, I, God, I miss hugs. Do you guys miss hugs? Yeah, when this is over, we'll have a whole service. We'll just come together and just hug each other for a while. Whatever. I don't know when we can do that, but whenever it's appropriate, we'll just hug. Um, you know, uh, it's pretty easy, I, I think, in our human nature to judge the nine guys who didn't go back, but that, that's not really the point of the text. The, the truth is, I, I think it's easy to forget to thank Jesus. And again, thinking of Thanksgiving this week, uh, so, so yeah, Thanksgiving is not connected to the Bible or to, to anything in specific, but it's a reminder on the calendar to give thanks. And that's a good thing because it's easy to overlook the blessing of God in our lives. It's easy to forget to give thanks uh, for things that God does for us all the time. I, I you know if not being cynical, realize I might very well have been one of those nine guys and not the one that went back. Uh, I would have overlooked the opportunity to give thanks. Um, but here's the thing, and this, I think, is the point of the story, is that in not giving thanks, you miss out as the one giving thanks on a significant blessing in the course of your life. Um, Go, go to the next one. Your faith has made you well. That's what Jesus says to the man who comes back. Go one more. The word well is sozo, which is more comprehensive than just heal physically. It's deliver out of danger into safety, use principally of God, rescuing believers from the penalty and power of sin and into his provision, his safety. So it's a comprehensive term that includes physical healing, but isn't limited to physical healing. It involves much more than that. It's the provision and the protection of God that comes on that person. And in not going back to give thanks, I think that the other guys missed out on the blessing that this guy received by giving thanks. There's blessing back to us. Now, that's not, that shouldn't be the motivation. That's not why we give thanks, but it's how God works. When we're thankful and we, we give thanks to God, there's a blessing that comes back to us for that. So uh, a couple of, just in closing, points of application on this. Go, go another slide. Focus on the giver, not the gift. Uh, you know, as, as cool as any gift might be, everybody loves getting gifts, right? Um, You've got to remember 
that as cool as the gift might be, the giver is greater than the gift. And that's who we need to look at. I'm always blessed uh, at, at Christmas and birthdays around our house. Our grandkids, you give them gifts and they open them and they're so excited. And they always, always, always go, thank you. Thank you, Grandma. Thank you, Papa. Thank, they go to say, thank you, Uncle B. They're just so grateful to the person that gave them the gift, not just that they got this cool gift. And I just think that should be the attitude that we have towards God, that whatever he gives us, it's such a blessing to receive that, but we have to be mindful of giving gratitude back to him. And then the last thing is this, and if you guys want to come back up, worship team. Um, th- this is key, I think. Gratitude completes what faith begins. Gratitude completes what faith begins. <clears throat> his faith had made him well. So all ten got healed. But his gratitude completed the situation and gave him an additional blessing that he didn't receive just, just from uh, being healed. So point was, there is a, a deeper revelation of Jesus, a deeper understanding of the blessing of God in our lives as we share back gratitude with him. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to sow into what God is doing through Cascade Vineyard, we always welcome your prayers for our church body, our communities, and our leadership. If you'd like to contribute financially, please visit cascadevineyard.org give.